Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. I think it's so neat that you're able to join us through this medium, and it means so much to me personally to hear that this has been used to encourage so many of you. It has always been the posture of Genesis to tangibly extend the love of Jesus in various ways, both locally and across the world. We support programs that assist families in need, contribute to ongoing works and building projects in Mexico. We've built a latrine and cafeteria for St. Andre's School in Haiti, as well as are advancing a food program there that we hope will help feed the children for years to come. The money collected for all these endeavors could have paid for a facility of our own many times over, but instead, we've intentionally chosen to be a mobile community since we began. We now have before us an opportunity to invest in a building of our own. We are not doing this, however, without considering the works we are committed to or even the works we feel compelled to keep doing in the future. But we're asking, if you've benefited from this podcast or from anything that Genesis has done, would you consider partnering with us by donating to this work directly at www.thegenesisstory.com and click on the Building Fund tab. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Together, let's prepare for an amazing tomorrow. Thanks, and God bless. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you here this morning. I do want to share uh, some news regarding uh, the building Uh, that's up to date. Uh, We presented our offer to the owner. Uh, He rejected it. He said no. And so because of what he is wanting, we cannot afford what he has proposed. We cannot pay for this facility, the building, and a new facility. Uh, We are trying to get him to give us some leniency so that we could have some time to build out save some money for the build-out. But he did not uh, say yes to that, so we're waiting. He basically told us, well, the clock is ticking, but hey, clocks always tick. Um, We're not worried about ticking clocks. We we are going to save money. We're going to move forward and believe that God wants to do something in us, and we're going to move forward praying for this building. I was so encouraged to hear from so many of you and even see some like pictures that you guys posted on Facebook with the stone that you had from last week where you guys were just remembering and keeping in mind regularly to pray for Genesis and for the things that are taking place in in your lives. I was going to have us do something with paper this week, but then I thought next week we'd have to do scissors just to kind of make it happen. But get it? Uh, And that could be dangerous. Uh, But what we are going to be doing is still moving forward with the desire to enter into this building. I I got a set of kind of preliminary drawings of what we could do in the building. They need to be tweaked and and, uh, looked at a little bit differently. But we are going to be believing and trusting God wants to do something. And we're asking for this building. We're praying for this building and trusting God for whatever he would have 
But I I think it's important for us to step into this, even as we spoke about last week when we were talking about Joshua stepping into the water before it parted, us having to step into a work, trusting God. We don't want to be foolish in what we do, but we do want to lean in to what needs to be done. If we don't move forward and if we don't press forward, my fear is that we'll be stuck. And so what we're going to be doing is starting... Oh, you know what? I didn't get the clicker, so um, if I could get that. We're going to be starting a series that's basically the 40-day challenge. Thank you, Val. And I encourage you to get this book if you want. We are going to be going through this for the next 40 days The book is by Mark Batterson. It's called Draw the Circle, the 40-Day Prayer Challenge. He has a book called The Prayer Circle. I spoke about that a little bit last week. That's not the book that this is. But what we are going to be doing as a community is actually engaging in 40 days of prayer. And today is day one. And today we are getting ready because this is where we are starting is to step into this, this idea of prayer. And what we're going to be doing is at 7.10 every morning. Now, Mark Batterson says 7.14 because he ties it with the scripture where my people who are called by name, if they will hear my voice and they will cry out to me. But time was kind of of the essence with me. So every morning at 7.10... We are going to be praying as a community. You can set your clocks now if you'd like to and set your alarm at 710. But we are going to actually be meeting together every morning for 40 days to pray. And we're going to do the first week at the building there on 2nd Avenue. We're going to pray from 710 until 730. You don't have to pray. We might be walking around and thinking about what we want to do in that community. But like the children of Israel marching around the walls of Jericho, we're going to be walking around the city and asking God to give this city to us. Or maybe first what we need to ask is give us a heart for this city. And so you're invited to join us. We are going to be praying Every day together, the first week again, we'll be at the building. Sundays, we meet here. We are not meeting at 710 somewhere. We are just going to meet here on Sundays. And so today is day one. Last week, I spoke about Joshua and he says, consecrate yourselves, talking to the people for tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. And the idea of consecrating, we looked at it, it means to separate. It means to make sacred. It means to allow it to be special. But you see, consecration is more than just thinking about something. It's actually stepping in and doing something. And so what we're going to be doing is challenging ourselves to step into this role and really consecrating ourselves. Let's not just think, yeah, I'm consecrated to God. I love God. He loves me. We're a happy family. You know, it's... It's got to be more than that. It's got to be something of substance. And this is speaking to me as much as speaking to anyone. I want to set apart time for the things that are important 
to me and to this community. If I am the pastor, then I need to be an example. And I'm going to be there at 7.15 in the morning. It's at 167 North 2nd Avenue. What? 710, sorry. 710. I'll get there. 710 tomorrow morning. And I invite you to be there with me. And if I'm there, I got to tell you, I'm expecting to see you there. I don't go to bed usually till like four, okay? I know it's a bad habit, okay? But I'm going to be there at 710 because I need this to be important. And I'll probably go to bed earlier. I'm going to try. But I encourage you to be there with us. And then we'll let you know Again, the location, sometimes we may meet at the the building, sometimes we may meet at the park, and it's going to be for 20 minutes. We're going to get together and pray, we're going to talk, we can uh, walk at this time, but join us. You don't have to pray, you can just agree. But let's be in solidarity for this. And, And so today we're getting ready. Because today is day one of we are taking this challenge where we are consecrating ourselves to God. We are saying, God, we are set apart for you and we are setting apart 40 days where we are going to engage in prayer. And we're not just going to pray. We are going to expect you to work in our hearts. We are going to yield ourselves to you with the anticipation anticipation that you are going to give yourself to us. Even as Randy shared, you know, a a father doesn't put a serpent out before his kids. He, He doesn't give them a stone. God is wanting to give good things to us. And many times we have not because we ask not. Or we want to consume it just upon us. Turn with me to Acts chapter 10. Yesterday, we went to a birthday party Sam and Sonia had for their son Gordon. It was a blast. The kids had a great time swimming. And, and, well, I was eating a cheeseburger, watching the kids swim. I was holding my, my grandson, and it was just a great time. And I got home later that day, and I was in the bathroom and all of a sudden I saw this like spot on my shirt and I was like, what is that from? How long has that been there? I went, I've been walking around with this white spot on my shirt the whole day. And then it dawned on me, oh, my grandson gave me that. When I was holding him, he, he was drooling on me and gave me a little mark on my shirt. And, and I say that because, oh, Charlie's guitar. I, I say that because where else but Genesis? Um, You see, depending on what something means to us, it depends on how it's going to affect us. Words like prayer, without they mean nothing if they're not connected to something. You know, this little stain on my shirt was connected to me holding my grandson, and it was an endearing term, and so it wasn't so bad. It wasn't just me not catching my mouth while I was eating. It was actually me holding my son. And so there, there was meaning there. And, and words in prayer, unless they are connected to something, they, they don't have meaning. 
And what we're desiring to do is to connect to God. That's that's what prayer is about. It's not just about rehearsing words. It's not just about showing up at 7.10 every morning. It's about interaction. And in Acts chapter 10, we have this incredible story in multiple ways about prayer. Starting at verse 1, it says, At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. On one day, at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that happened and sent them to Joppa. Verse 2 gives us a little insight as it tells us that he and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need. And it says, and he prayed to God regularly. It's giving us a little insight into his character. It's telling us about who he was and what he did. And even though he was not a Jew, even though he was not one of God's chosen people, as they thought at the time, he still was a person who was in connection to God. And we see that this happens over and over again. We we see that God is often reaching out to people and helping them to... Hold on, I just got some... I'll have to... Sorry. My wife just texted me and I have to read. <laughs> it popped up and I thought, what she's talking about? Um, I'll read it in a second. Anyway, um, where was I? Okay. When we talk about sanctifying ourselves, it means more than to think about something. It means doing something, offering this to God, when he says in verse 4, your prayers are a gift to the poor and have become come up as a memorial offering before God. I, I think it's important that we recognize that when someone gives you something, whatever that is, you're reminded of them. When someone gives you a card or a gift, it's something that helps you to, to keep them in mind. And when we take to t- that time to do what we believe God cares about like those gifts to the poor, then what we're doing is acknowledging God and and acknowledging him by offering prayers to him. He is moved, even as we would be moved if someone were to offer something to us. And even though it might be a small portion, because when it talks about a, a memorial offering, really it is a small offering where they recognize that even though God deserves everything, God is happy to get 
something. It's I'm remembering you kind of an offering. That's what's spoken about here. And so here is this Roman soldier who is giving these offerings. God, I know you deserve more, but I'm going to give you what I have. I'm going to give you this short time of prayer. I'm going to offer this to you because it's what I have. It's what I can give. And we see that God hears it. And God meets him there and God does that to him with him because it's something that touches God's heart as he gives himself to God. And so I think it's important that we recognize that this is needed in our lives, not because God demands this of us, but because God wants us in this relationship with him. It's the memorial offering that is a recognition to God, realizing that God is pleased with the little that we offer, even if it's not much, even if it's 20 minutes. It means something. It's now connected. It now, even though it might just be a little stain on the shirt, it has meaning to you because the connection with God. And so Cornelius steps into this dynamic, this relationship with God, and God hears and meets him there. It makes us wonder what would happen if he was not a person of prayer. What would happen if he was not devoted in this way? Would God have shown up? And most likely not. And so who initiated this? Well, God put it on Cornelius' heart, but Cornelius had to respond, and then God responded again. And now we start seeing this interaction take place between God and this man, Cornelius. Meanwhile, in Joppa, chapter, nine, or chapter 10, verse 9, we see Peter's vision, and here we have the scene change. Now we're with Peter one of the disciples, and about noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to do what? To pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds, Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, replied Peter. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of this vision, the men sent from Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up, go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, We have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. 
a holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guest. There is no reason that Peter and Cornelius should meet. They were separated by geography from Joppa to Caesarea is about 32 miles. Now to us, that's only about a half hour drive. It was rare for a person at this time to travel in their entire lifetime more than 30 miles. So this is actually a couple of miles beyond where you would travel, and that's in, in your entire life. No cars. Most likely, Peter had to walk. Maybe they had a horse for him. But there's no reason that they should connect to each other. And there's no reason they should connect to each other ethnically. The Romans and the Jews were in bitter relationships. And so geography is against them, ethnicity is against them, but God brings them together and it begins with each of them being in prayer. That when they are listening to God, God is then able to speak to them. And in both of these cases, we we see that it isn't so much that they're asking God to do something as that they are waiting to hear from God what to do. Last Wednesday, we had a time of prayer, and one of the times that we had was to, to be still and to not speak and to, to focus. And sometimes that's a difficult thing because that's not what we're used to doing. When we're used to praying, we're used to asking God for the things that we want or the things that we are wanting for other people. And it's seldom that we have times of silence. I'm in the car. I'm listening to the radio. I'm watching TV. I'm watching my phone or or playing a game. I'm always got something going on in my life and in my mind. And it's rare that I actually set time aside where I will just listen. And so my life is almost too busy to hear what God is saying. And sometimes we we don't want to change our habits. And even though God isn't working in our lives, and even though we might be miserable, we think it's stupid to be silent and, and just to wait on God. And so we'd rather be miserable than feel foolish, even though it might actually bring change in our lives. You see, it's kind of a foolish thing for us to all get together and meet at 710 in front of the building tomorrow morning and for the next week. It's foolish. Why are you going to do that? What if all of you came? That would look like, oh boy, a mob or something. We can. What, what, what's going to happen then? I'd love to see what would happen then. But I'm not worried about looking foolish I'm worried about hearing. I'm worried about when God speaks, 
us doing something, and this is what we believe God has spoken to us. We, we believe God wants us to step into the waters. We do want this building, and so we are asking God for this building. And so we're stepping into this role and saying, God, for the next 40 days, we're going to be asking you for this building. We're not just asking you for this building. We're asking you for five months to prepare for this building so that we can actually build out. Not only that, God, we're asking for a price that we can afford. Not only that, God, we're asking for the money to build this up so that we can provide it. Not only that, God, we're asking that you would use us in our community because we don't want a building. We want your presence in our city and we want to be useful to you. That's what we're doing. And it looks foolish and it feels foolish sometimes to step into those things. What will people think? But you see, unless we're willing to step into these areas of obedience, then we don't see the work of God taking place. Because what is taking place right here between these two men praying is the reason you and I are sitting here today. If Cornelius did not hear from God, and if Peter did not go to Cornelius, and if Cornelius doesn't get saved, you and I can't get saved. And history is changed because two men were praying and were quiet enough to listen and hear God speak. I don't know, but sometimes when I see things like that, it's like, I want to be a part of history too. I want to be one of those people who who hears from God and sees something from God and is moved by God and, and steps out to do the things that God puts on the heart. Because I want to see God work in my life, in our community, and in our city. Have you ever been a part of something where you're just in sync with something, where things are just clicking? You know, when I play music every now and then, you'll be playing, you'll be jamming, and you'll just get into a groove. And you'll see it in musicians. I mean, anything from a rock band to an orchestra. You know, you've got this jazz band playing and they're just doing this really quick, tight riff, but they're right there, man. They're just on it. And everyone's sinking. These guys are looking at each other and they're smiling and they're just kind of bobbing and they're like, yeah, it's, they're in sync. It's like, man, we're clicking. We know what's happening. It happens in sports too. There might be a sports. You might see volleyball. You ever see these volleyball things where like one person jumps up and then the other person jumps up behind them and someone else behind them slams it. And it's like, what was that? They're like faking you out. How do you know who you're going to throw it to? Because they're in sync. They do that little number thing behind. Hey, we're doing number three or whatever that is. And then they all know, okay, we know what to do. This ball's going up. It's going here and we're going to do this. And when it happens, they're all high-fiving and they're saying, yes, we're tall and we can hit the ball over the net. (laughs) But they're all in sync. They all know what's happening. They know the play. They know what's going on. Or maybe even in a dialogue, a movie or a play where you see these two people talking and it's like they're having a conversation and you're drawn into the conversation. No one's reading a script. They're interacting with each other and there has to be timing and there has to be emotion because they have to be in tune with those things so that they draw you into it. Or even dancing. You know, you see Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, and every step is just in sync, except gingers are backwards and in heels, right? 
because they're clicking. And you see, that's the picture I get here. Here is the centurion, Cornelius, in Caesarea. And here is this disciple of Jesus, Peter, in Joppa. And God says, I've got a plan, and these two are going to sink it. And, and I'm going to speak to you, and then I'm going to have a few days later, I'm going to have a time with you so that when these guys are at your door, it's going to work so that you're going to know that I'm doing. And God is orchestrating this beautiful dance in humanity that we get to be a part of. And if Peter isn't praying and getting that vision, then the dance is out of step. If we're not in communication and in communion with God, what are we missing? What are we failing? I'm failing to hit that note. I'm failing to take that step. I'm failing to spike that ball. I'm missing my cue in life because God is working and I'm not there. And you see, I think the biggest problem is not that we don't know enough. It's not that we don't believe that Jesus is good and God is love. It's that we don't show up for what God wants to do. And I've got a million excuses of why I don't have time to pray or why I don't have time to speak to someone or why I don't have the ability but the opportunity is here and it's now and we get this chance. Peter is a disciple of Jesus. What does that mean? He has learned a student of Jesus to be like Jesus. That's what a disciple is. And so here's Peter now, a disciple of Jesus, wanting to be like Jesus. That is the desire of his heart. And here comes that opportunity. Jesus said in John 5, 19, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows the son and and the son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these. So you will be amazed. That's happening in this story. God is showing something greater that you will be amazed. What is he showing him? I'm showing you that I am opening the door to this gospel to the world. And Peter is fulfilling what he does as a disciple. He is now doing what Jesus did. Jesus said, I hear the Father and I do. And that's exactly what Peter is doing. I hear the Father speak and then I do what he says. And that is our call too, to hear what God is saying and then to do what God wants us to do. And that's why we're setting aside and consecrating ourselves into prayer so that we can hear from God and we can be ready to do what he wants us to do that we can step into the water, that we'll be ready for what he wants us to do. And it's our desire because we're his disciples. It's what we want as well. It's important that we recognize how God is working and what God is doing so that we can be ready to move 
when he is moving. See, Cornelius is like the Magi and so many in Scripture. He has a revelation from the living God, though he is not an Israelite. His life was in posture to be able to hear. He wanted to hear the things that God was saying, and then God was able to speak to him. Verse 24, we get the conclusion of this story. The next day, Peter started out with them, and some of the believers from Joppa went along. The following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I am only a man myself. While talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate or to visit a Gentile, but God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, so when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask, why did you send me? And then it begins. Peter does what he shouldn't do, what it's got to be difficult. I I'm, can't go into this house. He's a Gentile. We don't have this relationship. I'll be considered unclean if I do. But God, you said I need to, so I'm going to. You know, sometimes doing things that are difficult at the beginning end up becoming things that are actually we enjoy later on. I remember the first time I ate eggplant. I didn't want to eat eggplant. The color's just all wrong. The texture, like what is this squishy kind of stuff? I mean, just the name, eggplant. Like what is it? Is it egg or is it a plant? But then I had some eggplant parmesan and oh my. There's actually common ground now between me and vegans. You know, there, there, there is something that I can step into. And even though it was awkward at first, once you step into that, it's like, wow, this is actually good. And what Peter is doing is something very difficult. And often what God is doing for us is calling us into something that's difficult. He's asking us to to take a step into an area that's going to make you uncomfortable, but it's going to help you grow. And I need growth in my life in hearing from God. I need to be able to grow in this area so that I can hear more from God. And consecration is, means nothing if it has nothing connected to it. If there's no cost to it, if there's no sacrifice, then what does it mean? The other day, Kareen was asking me, so consecrate yourself. What does that mean? She has a way of asking these questions, just force you to, well, this is what the word means. Yeah, but what does that mean? And she just kept pushing into it, pushing into it. And it really does force me to think, you know, what am I consecrating? 
What am I setting apart? What am I making sacred? What, what am I giving of myself to God that will allow him to work in me? And so what we want to do is step into this time where we are separating ourselves in time to pray. Because we believe that prayer is when God changes history in the lives of the people he speaks to. We see Cornelius, a man who prayed regularly and and was a man who was postured to God and God spoke to him. We see Peter on a rooftop praying and he gets a vision that opens the door so that the whole world can now receive this gospel. What would happen if we take the time and pray and say, God, we want to be the people you use for the future you want to make. And if we don't set aside the time, we just might miss the opportunity. And I don't want to miss that opportunity. And so again, what we are going to be doing for the next 40 days is praying. Starting Monday to Saturday, we are going to be meeting at 167 North 2nd Avenue. It's below the little gazebo, above the train tracks, right in front of the building where we're praying about getting. We're going to meet there Monday through Saturday this next week. We'll let you know what we're going to do and where we're going to meet the following week. We'll post it on Facebook. We'll make announcements here and when we meet on Wednesday, again, this Wednesday. This Wednesday, we're not having our midweek because we're going to go to this homeless forum because if we are going to be in that community, we want to know how we can help the homeless and work with the city. And they're having this right where we want to be. We're just stepping into the waters as if we actually are there. Yeah, we, we're here. Yeah, the building, it's not ours yet, but we're praying for it. And so we'll come to your forum and we'll be a part of this. Why? What are we doing? We're setting ourselves apart. We're wanting to see God work, and we're going to be prepared for when he does. So I'm asking you to set an alarm on your clock, because even if you can't make it because you go to work early, maybe at 7.10 when that alarm rings, even if you're plowing or riding or whatever you do, plowing that's you know for all you farmers out there you can remember and unite with us in prayer wouldn't it be incredible if god just did something amazing among us that's what he said he would do but first Let's consecrate ourselves. Let's pray. Lord, we do ask that you would provoke us to prayer, that you would move us, Lord, to a place where we are stilling our hearts before you and desiring to hear from you. God, that we would 
be a people that is consecrated for your purposes. And Lord, this is not just for us to get a building. Lord, this is for us to be useful to you in the lives of everyone around us. This is for us to be people that you can speak to and send to Caesarea and be the people who can respond to you to be disciples that hear and do what our Father asks us to do. So, Father, I pray that you would bless these endeavors. For the next 40 days, may we lean into this work. May we become uncomfortable. If we don't like to pray, may we at least show up and be a part of what is taking place. And may we hear your still small voice. Because we have quieted our hearts and our lives enough to do so. We pray and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. May your heart be still. That you might hear your Father's voice. And may you hear and move where he would send you. May you change the world around you as you obey your Heavenly Father. God bless you. Tomorrow morning, 7, what time? 710-167 North 2nd Avenue. God bless you guys. Hope to see you there. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.